Hey, I'm on with Scott McCain today, and what a pleasure. This guy is a professional. He is a speaker and author. Uh, we're going to talk in a minute about differentiation, the differentiation of products and services, one of his areas of expertise. But first, a few credentials about Scott. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, Michael. It's great to be with you. Thank you for having me. You have a book called The Four Cornerstones of Distinction that was named one of the top 10 business books was it top 10 business books of the year? Yeah, we were very fortunate. About uh, 30 major newspapers uh, named it as one of the 10 best business books of the year. Uh, that's, what, not a bad, that's not bad street cred, huh? I, it was very it was very nice. <laughs> Unexpected and, and very nice. Scott, I've got a theory that people don't really want to be different than everybody else. I've got a theory that a lot of us secretly want to be like everyone. Remember when nobody had tattoos and then everyone was getting a tattoo to be different? And now all, everybody has ink. <laughs> And, and we're like, what happened there, man? Yeah, it reminds me of that great scene in the Monty Python movie, Life of Brian, where he, you know, he shouts, you are all individuals. And in unison, the entire group says, yes, we are all individuals, right? So it. it's, it's that same kind of thing. And there's peril for being too different, um, not only in, uh, with a product. A product launch could be disastrous if you're too different. Mm -hmm. So tell us a bit about the, the, the process of, first of all, identifying uh, this differentiation sure. uh, and then we'll roll through the chronology you know uh, how to roll it out how to how to know it when you see it how to test it that type of thing certainly well i, I believe there are three levels when you want let, let's use the example of you walk into best buy and you're going to buy a laptop yeah. right so we look at we look at the array of laptops there and, and you'll notice that there are three levels the the bottom level if you think of a pyramid the bottom level of that pyramid is sameness so why would I buy an Acer instead of an Asus? I have no idea, right? It's, it's going to be about price or maybe one has more memory, but it's, 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 it's based on a commodity type factor. If you go up the next stage on the pyramid, then you're going to find differentiation. Dell will make them to order. HP has more printers and peripherals. Samsung has the halo effect from doing so well with its phones. But the top of the pyramid is where you find distinction. And, and that's where... I hope that businesses and, and individual professionals will drive because distinction is that point that you are attracting customers to you by the meaningful way that you do business. Mm. And Apple is obviously the, the cliche there, but it is, it is the one that owns that space of distinction. So how do we find ways to, to, to move our careers or to move our businesses or to move what we do up that pyramid to the point that we get to the top of true distinction and, and that's the point that, that I'm fascinated with and, and try to help organizations and professionals with. You mentioned the word commoditization. You know, before the information age, we didn't have this problem. It seemed like once everybody had access to a computer, most people have access to a computer, mm -hmm. you, can, you can copy people that much more easily. Uh, back in the day, you know, in the stock market, commodity was like corn, right, and wheat. Yeah. Yeah. But now... Now keynote presentations uh, are, are a commodity because people can see you online on a YouTube video and before you know it, your stuff's getting lifted by other folks. Sure. Um, so how do you, what's that careful balancing act between, between commodity and uh, unique? What's the balance between unique and um, weird? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's take the first one first, and that is the difference between commoditization and, and, and distinction. And it's it's an execution. I mean, coffee is about as commoditized as you could possibly be, yet Starbucks obviously found a way to make coffee different. Mm. Uh, you can get water out of a fountain for free, 
but yet people will search for Evian or whatever their favorite. I mean, think about that for a minute. Many of us have a favorite water, right? So they, they found a way to, to differentiate water in the marketplace. Um, somebody came up to me after a presentation and said, well, currency is the ultimate commodity. A uh, dollar is a dollar is a dollar. You can't differentiate one from another. Yet at the same time, we'll spend one interest rate on our mortgage, but an exponentially higher interest rate with what we acquire with a convenience of a credit card, mm. even though both are methods of financing and acquiring currency. Mm. So it, it's found in the execution. How, how do we create something distinctive and how we bring it to the marketplace? How do we work through the process that it takes to, to stand out from the competition? And at the end of the day, I think those that get to that weird spot that, that you're referring to, yeah. I think those are the ones that are seeking differentiation just to be different and not to have something that has meaningful attraction to customers. Mm. You know, if I slap every customer in the face, <laughs> I'm really different. Right? I mean, my, my place is different, but it doesn't mean you're going to come back and do any more business with me. Right. And I think that's, you know, we, we see it. Every industry, we see it. I mean, you, you, I was doing a program for, for a tech group, and they were talking about how there are some web designers that design basically to impress other web designers, not to necessarily have a functional site that's easy for customers to use. Right. I think so many times in so many businesses, regardless of the situation, we see those that are playing to, to the inside crowd rather than to prospects and clients and customers. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and what's really interesting to me is when when the a business can play the differentiation and somehow there's a business angle to it. You mentioned Starbucks. One of the best differentiators they ever did was when they started calling the small coffee a tall coffee, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> because the yeah. price is going up, uh, but psychologically you're thinking, oh, I'm getting a tall now because, of, because they differentiated just by changing the name of the cup, right? Well, it's, it's a great point. And, and, and one of the challenges, I think, is, okay, so then how do we replicate that in our businesses, yeah. right? How, how do we find a way to take that methodology? And, and one of the examples, and, you know, Starbucks is used so much, but it also shows you how breathtakingly rare and difficult this is to accomplish. You know, we'd, we'd love to talk about, I mean, there's, there's other examples that I use that aren't as well known. But, but for example, you can't wear cologne or perfume on the days that you work at Starbucks. That's how precise they are about the details because they don't want you and I to go in there and go, oh, man, Tommy girl, you smell terrific. Well, <laughs> also, wanted... Howard Schultz didn't want to, to bring in sandwiches for the same reason. He wanted people to smell that deep, rich coffee when they came in. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 that, and that's an interesting thing as well. Matter of fact, that's, that's that, getting the cart in front of the horse. But that, that's the book I'm writing right now is the, the struggle that organizations have to, once they attain distinction, to maintain it or even to move up to a higher level. I mean, we've seen so many, whether it's Sears or Nokia, uh, that have lost it and can't get it back, or others like Starbucks, that it was eroding. The same store sales was dramatically declining, and yeah. they were able to return you know, to the, that place of distinction that they held. Scott, we're about at midpoint. Uh, remind everybody your website. Where is your favorite place for them to buy your books? I'm sure we can get them anywhere, but maybe you oh, have thanks. a... Oh, that's very kind of you to ask, Michael. I appreciate it. Uh, the website that tells us about what I do with, with speaking, consulting, training, all those things is just scottmccain.com. My last name is spelled M-C-K-A-I-N, a little bit different than that Arizona senator. Uh, Differ so it's, differentiated. 
Oh, I'm sorry. You differentiated. Yes, I never thought of it that way. That's exactly right. I should have thought. You're exactly right. No extra charge for that one, Scott. We, we just send folks to Amazon. If uh, you know, just search Scott McCain at Amazon, and you, you'll find more there than you'd ever want to read. So, but the, the main book about which all this is based on is titled "Create Distinction: What to Do When Great Isn't Good Enough to Grow Your Business." And so that's if, if you're interested in, in in what does it take to you know, set yourself apart in the marketplace. That's 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 the one right there. Here's the book, everybody. If you're looking for it online, that's the uh, the image of it. Um, Scott, you know, a lot of my people are. Uh, I teach presentation skills, and yeah. a lot of my people are interested in how to differentiate differentiate themselves in a say a corporate presentation, an 18 minute TED talk. Um, I've noticed something interesting happen in our society since Casual Friday happened. Now every day's Casual Day, right? And yeah. a lot of the millennials begin every sentence with the word so. So, mm-hmm. you know, and we went from this very prim and proper uh, presentation style to a very casual style where we're wearing jeans and you wonder sometimes do these people own full length mirrors? What's happening? <laughs> do we get to a point again? I keep using this teeter totter ana- analogy. Do we get to this tipping point where everybody's casual and, and, and it's, and maybe it's time to dress it up again. Uh, you have a, you do some speaker coaching. You certainly see enough speakers on the circuit. What, what's your well, advice to those folks? You know, and to piggyback on what you're saying, I, I, I agree completely. And also in terms of uh, language, uh, what, what is considered by some people to be profane is part of the lexicon of, of you know, younger generational conversation. Yeah. Uh, and, and so you end up with part of the audience being offended and another part of the audience being offended that these older people are offended. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a challenge. Um, I, I, I think you're exactly right. And I think part of what we have to do to stand out and, and to, to make an impression is to, most people, I think, Michael, run from their own uniqueness. Hmm. They are so afraid of the stories in a speech, for example, that would make them unique. They are so afraid of the transparency required. You know, I'm sure you, you do as well. I, I joke about the starfish story. If I go to one more meeting where somebody talks about the starfish, it made a difference to that one. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cut my wrist if I have to hear that thing one more time. And, and to me, part of the tragedy of that is not just the lack of originality of the speaker, but it parallels the, the lack of the speaker's willingness to go deep into their own story, because what makes you unique is, is your story. And, and so I think the appearance is part of that part. One of the things I've noticed too, uh, at, at meetings where apparel is allowed to be extremely casual, the precision of the language becomes casual as well. And the more casual we are about how we express our viewpoints, the greater the likelihood is for misunderstanding or for lack of impact. Mitigated language. Uh, I mean, it's, it's everywhere in society. We take these shortcuts and then we end up, I think, being less than in terms of being a communicator or differentiation. Um, I'm finishing a blog post right now on how to craft signature stories. I was doing some sales coaching just a bit ago. Uh-huh. And the sales guy that I'm sitting next to the sales guy, he's on the phone. And uh, he's talking to his prospect and the prospect says to him, how you doing or what's going on? What's new? One of those casual statements. And my guy says, oh, nothing. Same old, same old. 
And I waited for the call to finish, 30-minute call, whatever. He hangs up the call, and I said, why did you tell him, same old, same old, aren't you getting married in four weeks? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, and I thought, what a great opportunity to differentiate yourself as a human being, man. As a human, yes, absolutely. Whether the guy's married or divorced or single, he's going to have some kind of comment. He's going to play into the thing. Of course. Yeah, but it, it doesn't end there. You talked about not wanting to share personal stories. You know, there are stories that are a lot better than that, a lot more personal than that, that I think we're reluctant to share in a presentation format, right? Oh, I totally agree. Well, one of the things I ask folks to do is to at least attempt to write their own autobiography. Mm. Not because you're going to publish it, but because it will amaze you. I'm, the speech I'm giving in Canada uh, this week, I am going to begin with a story that the only reason that I even imagined that would be a speech story. I hadn't even thought of this incident. Uh, quickly, my folks ran on the one grocery store in a very rural community in Indiana where I grew up, Carlesville, Indiana. The guy that owned the clothing store across the street sprinted through the intersection. I'm, I'm sitting at the one cash register in our little grocery store talking about that. He runs in and tells my dad that the reason that the field on the north end of our town is being cleared is to make way for the construction of a supermarket. Now, I'd kind of forgotten that moment until I disciplined myself to, to start to write my own autobiography. Now, it's a small grocery store in a tiny town, but what does that have to do with Intel or Apple or Amazon. BMW or anybody, right? It's that change can happen instantly, yeah. disruption can happen immediately, and how you respond to that, whether you're a, a, a mom and pop store in Crothersville or, or whether you own a million dollar taxi medallion in New York City and Uber is there, how you respond to that is going to make all the difference in the world. Well, that has been a real signature story for me. Sure. But it, it never, frankly, if I, when I was preparing material, it was always easier for me to say, you know, I recently read a book about Starbucks where they say... <laughs> <laughs> or, or let me tell you the starfish story. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm walking down this. Man, what kills me is when somebody tells the starfish story like it happened to them. Yeah, that's the that's the kiss of death. Here's when you take an old, old. I was walking down the beach. Yeah, exactly. I've heard a guy do that. I've heard a guy do that. And and so you know, it, it, to your point, I think you, I, I think you're so spot on. It, it's finding these ways. Because look what that story does. And, I, and I'm, I'm not trying to hold myself out as any kind of example, but that story accomplishes, as you know, multiple uh, objectives. It begins by getting the audience thinking. It, yeah. it treats them and interests them. But it also humanizes me. By the time I'm finished with that story, you know several things about me, either consciously or subconsciously, uh, a, a rural background. You know, I, I have a disc jockey voice. That's the only voice I've ever had. I need to do something to show them something other than how I sound. So it, talking about my rural background, talking about working from the time I was a kid, talking about my family being entrepreneur. There, there are so many levels that that story can connect with an audience that it really sets up the rest of the speech extraordinarily well. So anyone can do this. That, that's not, you don't have to be from a grocery store in Crothersville to have that kind of story, obviously. It's exactly what you're saying in terms of yeah. mining the depths of your own experience. And let's uh, talk about something we haven't referenced yet, which is relevance, you know. Uh, as curious as the listener might be about you and your story and what happened to you in southern Indiana, 
if it doesn't mean anything, if it doesn't translate, if it doesn't have currency, there's that word again, for yes. the other person. So the reason why the, uh, the uh, major shopping center coming into the rural Indiana town is important now is, and Detroit's all buzz about this right now because they have this contest about where Amazon is going to build their next mega yeah. center. And there's a very clever contest about it. Yeah. Excellent marketing, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, differentiation going on in all, in all areas here with, with Amazon. Um, and um, so relevance is really key. And there's a word that we use in our uh, uh, line of work called evergreen, where mm. it's irrelevant all the time. It's yes. relevant forever. Yes. You know, it's right. like, a, like a good Christmas story or a good yeah. starfish story if you don't overuse it too much. So um, I like it. I like when you talk about, well, and, and this is the thing with presentation too. I, if you're a really successful person and you want to differentiate yourself, tell them about when you weren't successful, right. you know. If you're really stylish, tell them about the time you, of your life that you were a dork. Uh, because people like that, that come, come from behind story, right? Again, why, it's why Detroit is so popular right now, the comeback. Oh, of course. Great yeah. differentiation with Detroit. Well, and, and I, I think you hit on something else there as well, which is w when the audience views you as the hero of your own story, they tend to tune out. Mm. But when they view you as the observer that this is happening to you, then it's so much easier for them to put themselves in your place. That's it. Because implied in that story is, what if you were the kid sitting there at the cash register and all of a sudden this changed? Not just your business, your family, all of this immediate sudden change. And, and there's a story I tell about a cab driver that's kind of my signature story called Taxi Terry. And also a book, yeah. Yeah, also a, a book. As a matter of fact, it was the coolest thing in the world. I posted a video of it on YouTube. And um, uh, got over uh, 150,000 views, which is not much if you're, you know, not, not much if you're Taylor Swift, but if you're a, you know, middle-aged okay. guy telling a six-minute story, uh, not too bad, right? But uh, uh, the, the, the point is that, that I'm in the back seat of this guy's cab. Taxi Terry is the hero of the story. I'm just the passenger. I, I'm just amazed by what he's doing. And I think one of the elements that, that, is difficult sometimes for people in, as they construct their stories is they want to make themselves the hero of their own story. I overcame this. Uh, I did this. And, and uh, my joke is, you know, unless you've climbed Everest blindfolded and backward, it, it's, it's very difficult for no, typical folks to be the hero of their own story. Yeah. Uh, I, I, what, what other quick aside? Um, I, I don't do much speech coaching, but I got such a unique request. I, I, I did it. Um, the real life Captain Phillips. Oh, wow. Asked me to, to, to speech coach him. And one of the interesting things. He wanted things to go on the market, uh, on the keynote market after the adventure he had with the pirates. Right. And, but this was right before the movie came out. Okay. Now, when Tom Hanks plays you and your video demo is a $100 million movie, you're not going to have too much difficulty booking, booking dates. But uh, uh, one of the interesting things about it was, uh, first of all, they hired a speechwriter to write a speech for him. And it was horrific because the speech began with the pirates coming on the boat. And I said, wait, wait, wait. How did you become a ship captain? Well, come find, he was a cab driver and this guy got in his cab and gave him a big tip and he said, what do you do? And he was a merchant marine captain. Well, how do you do that? And he said, that's, 
I'd say, we've got to get you on the boat first, right? We've got to build, everybody knows pirates come on the boat. But here's, here's the point, to, to your excellent point about being evergreen. If, if all he does is, is describe what happened, that's a great story. Mm. But when he says, as a captain, all of my training, all of my years of experience, everything was, don't give up the ship. Yet in that one moment, everything had changed so much, my training was no longer relevant. As a leader, what are you going to do when the point comes that the training of the past is not relevant for the market of the future? Okay, now, after Sully lands the plane, after everything, you know, after, after the movie's a hit and then, you know, goes back in, 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 the, in the bin, that's still an evergreen story. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's yeah, he, he can, he can, I, I want to hear him today talk about that. So that's what people have to do. And I, I think you're, you're so on the mark about that. And, and that's where distinction comes from because there's so few that make that emotional connection. Mm. It's easy to be different. Yeah. It's really hard to be distinct because part of what is inherent in distinction is emotional connectivity. We feel emotional about Apple products. We feel emotional about, you know, we drive by, tons of coffee shops and selling it cheaper to go get our Starbucks and, and, and hang out in there. Uh, we, we, we love the jokes and the stories on Southwest airlines. We have an emotional connectivity to, to those distinctive organizations or distinctive professionals. Every bit of research I've seen says that millennials aren't loyal to organizations. They are loyal to managers. Hmm. And so now more than ever, individual professionals have to create distinction for the retention of great employees and the attraction of future great employees, because the loyalty is going to be directed more individually by this generation than organizationally as it was to previous generations. Well said. So if you're listening at home, uh, here's what we're just to summarize. We want you to be really different, but we want you to be enough like other people. <laughs> <laughs> that you're not weird, right? <laughs> and, this is, and this is why it's so complicated. One of my favorite sayings, and I tried to find the origin of this before we get on the call today, Scott, is that people never really change. We just become more like who we really are. Yeah. And oh, I love we, that. When we can start there, it's like that circle, right? Coming full circle. When we can start there with this search for distinction, mm -hmm. I think that, I think that um, we make a lot of headway quickly. I agree. You are a pleasure. I can't wait to oh, like, meet you or work with you or whatever's in our future. I really look forward to it. I'm sure there's something there in the future. You betcha. Everybody, check out scottmccain.com on the web. Uh, you, you, you've got to check out this 150,000 views. Uh, was it actually recorded in the taxi cab? No. You know what happened? Uh, I, I was keynoting the, the meeting of managers of Express department stores or okay. Express clothing stores, and they videoed it, and they put it up on YouTube first. And so I just... Okay, so they're looking for a keynote address uh, anyway. So, yeah, it's, it's okay. a keynote speech from... Uh, Oh, gosh, almost uh, 10 years ago. Good for so you. I, I, need, I need to update it. I've, uh, I need to update it at my poundage. In the oh, you're good. <laughs> I wear glasses now and everything else. So, you know, I got to update the look. But it, and your books are all over the internet, including Amazon. Scott yeah. McCain, thank you so much for being with me, man. You're a pro. Oh, you too, Michael. It's a real privilege. I really appreciate it. I, I look forward to talking again soon. Thank, thank you, you very much. See you later.